Uh, hey, everybody, we're live. Thanks for joining this early on. There's never anybody here when I say that, actually. <laughs> hey, thanks for hanging out. And there's no one here. You know, well, I'm stuff. here. <laughs> yes, Adam Normal is here, filling in. Not even filling in. You. This is like your permanent spot. You're just so damn busy. I've just been really um, busy lately. I'm, I'm looking moving. for a place to live, then going to the place to live, and yeah. then still doing, you know. Buying the place to live. That's dude, a hassle. That's a huge hassle. Picking up all your shit and putting it somewhere else, that's a huge hassle. Yep. Uh, I just went through it in November. It's a, just a huge pain in the ass to move. But Dave's working. Taylor's on vacation, so Adam is here. We'll do segment one, talk about cool shit we did this week. I did some pretty cool shit. Anyway, uh, Dan Slot news, Ric Flair news, Woo! especially for you. Oh yeah, and, and Bruce Campbell news. We went really light on the news. Did you watch Kenobi or Miss Marvel? Oh yeah, I watched both of those. Oh well, we're going to talk about those. I don't have any pictures. But we're talking about. We got some lame food news, and we are going to do a moment of destruction. Even though Last Spot Standing is just all right, it's all right, just all right. And then top three. Anything else, dude? Some okay comics this week, but. There's some okay, yeah. It was, yeah. Um, DC has some, some of my top three books. that probably wouldn't be in my top three if it was any other week, right? Right. Oh, hello. Thank you, Robert. Hello. Thank you for stopping by. We're gonna talk about a yeah, whole thanks, bunch Robert. of cool shit here in a little while, but uh, yeah, everything's just been so busy. Summertime is supposed to be record heat this week. Everybody, please be careful. Please, you know. Take care, like from coast to coast, like record fucking breaking heat. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's nuts, dude. Nuts. Uh, we're in Tennessee. It's already hot. Uh, if I didn't read that Flashpoint book, I'm not reading that. I read it. I didn't read that. It may or may not be in my top Ooh, three. Ooh, teaser. Let's just do the damn thing. Anything else you want to add, though? Nothing? There ain't no, nothing no, else no, going not on. Not really. Yeah, there's nothing else going on. All right, let, let's do the damn thing. Just do it. Ka-ching. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, today is Superman Day. Sorry, Vader. Sorry, Annie. Yeah, today is Superman Day. Happy Superman Day. Yeah, dude, Tuesday is supposed to be like... Like 114 different cities are like expecting to break their all-time record for that day, which is... I got AC though, so I'm good. <laughs> Greetings, geeks. Welcome back. Another episode of This Geek in Comics, Outright Geekery's comic book shit talk show. Talk show. It's Gomer and Adam Normal hanging out, kicking it. Talk about What's nerdy on, shit man? for a while. Most of the comics. Man, fucking nothing. My neighbors. I, I lived in the city. You know, like 40,000, 50,000 people in Hendersonville, something nuts like that. And anyway. I lived in a city like that most of my life. Didn't talk to any of my neighbors. I had like five neighbors. Didn't talk to any of them over the course of like 20 years. Never didn't know their fucking name. Didn't know nothing. So I moved to a little small town in Tennessee in November. And I only have one neighbor. And we talk all the time. He's like an 80-year-old dude. Oh, your he best calls friends my, now? Yeah, we're like best friends. He calls my old lady just to say, hey, what's going on in the neighborhood? You know, what's going on? Uh, well, anyway, his basement flooded yesterday, so oh, I worked nice. yesterday helping yeah. this old fuck clean up this basement. It wasn't bad, about 50 gallons. From, well, that's good, though. That's the neighborly thing faucet. to do. Exactly. That is the neighborly thing to do. I am a great human being. 
Tell me how awesome I am. There you go. You're getting you're getting your karma points. But the nerdy yeah. shit I did, I watched the George Carlin American Dream uh, documentary series. It's like oh, that's five awesome. hours. I bet that's great um, though. It is. I mean, George Carlin is amazing. It's basically like a celebration of his life, which is cool. And I don't know. They did what the documentaries usually do. Oh, here's an interview with Seinfeld. Here's an interview with Chris Rock. Here's an interview with Kevin Smith. And I'm like, why Kevin Smith? And it's like, oh, yeah, he played in one of his movies one time. Fuck. It was so stupid. Like, I give a shit what Seinfeld thinks about this guy. Yeah. Uh, the rest of it was him just speaking in his own words and in interviews. And that that part was just fucking awesome. I mean, arguably the greatest comedian of all time. Um, but Carlin's just more than that, you know, in a way. People aren't sharing clips of his stand-up bits on social media to describe the world today like anybody else. You know what I mean? No other comedian, right. they don't share his bits. His stuff is just timeless in the way that it dealt with like this weird systemic sort of sort of shit. So a uh, big question from Keith. What Marvel writer and artist team do you think would make the best Superman comic? Um, well, not Bendis. Um, yeah, definitely not writer Bendis. Writer and artist team. I'm, you know, sure I, he's, I'm sure he's I'm referring to like really a modern team. Taylor right now. Um, I, I think well, Taylor's writing Superman, though, in a way. I know, I know. But you he know. wants Marvel team. Um, you know, Yeah, like a current Marvel team. I'd like to see Jason Aaron take a run at it. Because oh, dude, that's he, a really good answer. Uh, he, you know, well, first off, he did Thor, which was had that whole kind of god angle. If you wanted to yeah. lean into that with Superman, but also, you know, Jason Aaron just does a lot of fun action, and you can yeah. definitely lean into that with Superman. Uh, I, I don't know what artist. I mean, any of the new artists, RB, RB Silva would be great. You know, Peach um, Momoko. Uh, yeah, Peach Momoko doing interiors on a Superman. That'd be. I don't know. I don't know if I would like that, but I'd like to I see her do covers. But yeah, she could do some variants. Trying to think of a uh, writer. Yeah, mainline. I mean, Hickman on Superman would be fun. He Hickman doesn't count me. anymore. I know. That's what. That's what I mean. He's like, yes, he's good, but he's you know not, what? He doesn't. Count I want to see Donny Cates on Superman because I want to see the biggest, oh. dumbest, <laughs> most ridiculous. You want to see all ever. the fanboys rage? I want to see all the fanboy rage. People, people complained when he got that solar power. Uh, or that solar flare power a couple of years ago that Jeff oh, Johns man. gave Oh, man, he him. would go way above that. He would go way above and beyond that, Donny Cates. Uh, did you do like anything super, cool this week? Super Saiyan, Donny Cates. Nah, man. Dude, you know, just... I would be okay. Hold on. If Donny Cates took Superman, Super Scion, dude, yes. <laughs> Everybody would love that, and they'd be lying if, if they didn't. Uh, but yeah, what'd you do this weekend? Uh, man, I have a dish. I've, I've been packing, so just in the background, I've been watching these move bunch of movies that have these anniversaries coming up. So like, uh, but a bunch of Nick Cage nice. movies, really. Uh, nice. Con Air, Face Off, uh, man, The I Thing, love Face Off, so much. It's oh, so I love stupid. I love stupid. It's so stupid, but you it. can't. But you can't explain it. Like Sherry came in halfway watching through the movie and yeah. she wanted me to explain the plot of face no off. you can't do that you just, you just can't you have to that. sort of experience face off yeah that's a great movie but yeah still moving huh when's the outlook on that eta end of the month uh, hopefully friday oh sweet oh yep it's gonna be a busy week hopefully. all right let's do some and it is a big bunch of dumb, stupid news. Uh, first up, Dan Slott, someone I do not want to see write Superman. <laughs> uh oh, uh, Dan Slott would actually probably be okay writing Superman. 
you know, could, no, I don't. Yeah, but I would. He can have an action comics run. Yeah. Oh yeah, Al Ewing. That's a good one. Lemire. I don't count Lemire as a Marvel comics writer either. He moves all over the place. But yeah, Jeff Lemire doing Superman would be cool. But yeah, Al Ewing for sure. That's Al Ewing writing anything is a damn good call. Pretty um, much. But anyway, it has been confirmed. Dan Slott is leaving the Fantastic Four with issue number 46 in August. Um, we don't know who the new creative team is. And you can't really even see it. It just says up here, Dan Slott's groundbreaking run comes to a startling conclusion. I don't know if it was groundbreaking. But then again, yeah, I, it was in by no means groundbreaking. I didn't really read the vast majority of it. Most of The most of what I read was just Empire, and that didn't blow my socks away, so... He had, you know, like Ben and Alicia getting married. He introduced what that gate thing, the infinity gate or whatever the hell it was. I don't even remember. Uh, but this issue, this last arc is supposed to be introducing Reed Richards, long lost sister. Okay. That's what I said. So they're going to, then they'll introduce, you know, he, that she had some kids and then they'll have aunts and uncles and it'll be big Thanksgiving. Anyway, David Pippo put in the Future Foundation, I guess. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Please redo Future Foundation, relaunch that title. Um, but we know issue 47 is a Judgment Day tie-in. It's going to be written by David Pepos, who's currently writing Savage Avengers. Issue number two of that was out this week. It was not bad. It did not make my list, but oh, it's we'll on my list. Oh, is it? Yeah. It was it's solid, slowly, dude. But it's a it was solid. You know, it was just big dumb fun. Yeah, You know, like the book is supposed to be, but uh, we're not sure if Pepos is going to take over the book permanently after 47. I would be okay with that. I like David Pepos. He's a damn good writer, and I want to see him getting more work uh, at Marvel or the big two at all, you know, in any way. So, yeah, I'm just excited that, uh, you know, somebody else Fresh is start. writing the book. Not, not that I have anything against Stan Slott. I just haven't been yeah. reading the run. And, you know, yeah. I've, I've kind of gotten that Fantastic Four itch. Uh, and I did too. I, I didn't. Too, I didn't want to jump in in the middle of that run, especially yeah. now that it's at the end of it. I, I followed the run the first three or four issues. Slot is just either really hit or really missed for me. He's either a bullseye or he's not even on the board, and it just didn't grab me early on. You know, um, I talk shit on his Spider-Man run, but I have like every fucking issue of that Spider-Man run, and it was okay. Looking you know? back, yeah. Looking back, great. it was yeah. It had some really, really high. I don't points. know about great, but it's it had some really high points. Better than what we've been shit, getting lately. Exactly the shit we've gotten since Nick Spencer, and then that team that sucked. Zeb Wells is he's doing okay, but it's, damn, it's half a good book. But he is he is hamstrung with uh, JRJR doing the art for him. And it's not even that, dude. It's just Spider Man is just constantly shit on. I'm just tired of constantly shitting on Spider Man. I know it's sort of like, you know, the stereotypical thing. It's tradition to shit all over Peter Parker and Spider Man. It's just like, I, I hate that he's it. constantly getting shit on, over and I it. hate this uh, this in Medius res like mystery false mystery that they always do it is it's a big red shit on him and they're like well why did they shit on him and and whatever the reason is is never good enough to justify just not telling us right off the bat it's never good enough dude never uh all right anyway moving on uh woo rick flair comic confirmed uh name of it is uh co-named rick flair he needs that money after uh it is a Kickstarter. It is. 
Yeah, it is a Kickstarter. Uh, a couple variant covers. It's an ash can. You can only get it through the Kickstarter. But there is talk that they are going to release it regular style. Maybe through Scout Comics. We're not sure yet. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Nature Boy. The limousine riding. Yeah, know, he's the uh, he's the greatest to do the game, but uh, to play the game. But <clears throat> at the same time, he's under some heat right now. Uh, yeah, he's always been under heat for that sort of thing. It's kind of like he's synonymous with being just a perverted old man, even though he's just a perverted old man. But it's interesting. Uh, I mean, it's written by James Hake. Uh, it's got art by Raphael Loreo. Uh, I'm not sure if that matters. The first full issue is nearly complete, and the Kickstarter campaign for it is scheduled to launch in early August. So the limited edition release of this first issue will drop in late July, just in time for his last match at StarCast in Nashville, Tennessee. Actually, you going? Yeah. Are you going? I am not going to that. No, I don't want to watch him die in the ring. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they they almost got me when they tried when he tried to get Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. But, yeah, but, but he was smart enough. To talk to, me into going he to was that, smart too. enough to say that I'm too old for this shit. You know, oh, Ricky? I ain't doing it. Yeah. I don't think they were going to pay him enough, dude. No, they definitely wouldn't have paid him enough either. Yeah. I think he'd have done it if the money would have been right, but oh well. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, we'll have more on that and that Fantastic Four news, you know, whenever it comes out. But uh, Bruce Campbell is also in the news. Is he ever not in the news for some reason? <laughs> he's just always in the news because he's awesome. Uh, Sergeant Rock mm-hmm. versus the Army of Darkness. That is sounds a crossover. Awesome. That sounds so dope. That sounds fantastic. Um, a DC icon returns, and so do the dead. And DC horror presents Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. Uh, the story begins in Berlin in 1944. The Nazis are flanked on all fronts by the combined Allied forces, and defeat seems inevitable. In a last-ditch effort to turn the tide of war, Hitler and his team of evil scientists create a serum that resurrects their dead soldiers, creating an Army of the Dead, even stronger than they were in real life. So it's... Like a DC zombie story, kind of. That's what it but sounds with like. Like a different with a army of the dead hook, and I'm good with that. Uh, Sergeant Rock, hero of the European theater, and his easy company find themselves dispatched into enemy territory to face off against the strangest, most horrific enemies they've encountered yet Nazi zombies. Uh, so Bruce Campbell's gonna write this. He actually did write Ash versus the Evil Dead. Uh, it's a six-issue miniseries. Uh, Eisner and Harvey Award-winning arti- artist uh, Eduardo Riso, m- most famous for 100 Bullets, most likely. Oh, cool. Uh, brings the battlefield to gruesome life. Um, yeah. September 27th, it's going to have a shit ton of variants. There's a Frank Quietly variant. There's a, a Francesca Francovia variant. There's a Chris uh, Mooneyham variant. Pia Guerra is doing like a one in 100 variant. Um, and yeah, and the cool main cover, of course, by the legendary Gary Frank. So this is a little bit fun for me because not because it's a crossover between the Army of the Dead and Sergeant Rock. It's because DC is so willing to do crossovers with other publishers. Pretty much anyone. Army you know? of the Dead, that whole universe, the Ash and Evil Dead universe, that's at uh, Dynamite right now. Yeah. And they do some awesome shit. They've done all kinds of fun crossovers. Their main that's, series have that's been... That's not the only publisher, though. I mean, they do stuff with Boom, with they Power Rangers. Boom. Yep. Uh, 
they did shit with IDW in yeah. the past and Dark Horse, and it's just really fucking cool that DC lets some of these iconic characters out and just like basically just leases them out in this fun way to well, why not? You know, awesome books. Yeah, why not? Because uh, as long as it's not affecting mainline continuity, not that anybody even gives a shit about that anyway. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, to look at Savage Avengers. Yeah, Savage Avengers is no fucks about continuity. It's not taking anything there. I mean, what the hell was up with Hulk in that issue? Honestly. Yeah, Eli. Yeah, this looks cool. Army of Darkness meets Sergeant Rock. I mean, Eli's one of the biggest fans I know of that horror shit, especially the the stuff you that a lot of other people do not read, mm-hmm. um, especially the Dynamite stuff. And I'm just a huge fan, so. Uh, all right, let's wrap up news with uh, a couple of TV shows. It's great that, that Disney Plus has given us so much, but damn, the overlap here with these two shows. Yeah, the overlap is a little weird with these two. Uh, I get it. It's a different audience maybe, but not really. Maybe yeah. Marvel and D- – or I mean uh, uh, Disney just thinks that Miss Marvel is being a show for like – young kids and i it, i guess it, it is it's definitely it's definitely yeah. target its target audience is definitely different than obi-wan kenobi but the same general audience is i guess watching it i don't know i don't know it's hard for me to gauge because we're comic fans right so if they well, put we, something we watch out, everything exactly we read everything too no matter if it's all ages i mean tom over here talking about dc hanna-barbera uh in terms of the crossovers and he's right. Those I read all great. of that shit. And a lot of it was Green not Lantern, for kids. Space Ghost. That was awesome. Batman Elmer Fudd. Dude, the Batman Elmer Fudd was what I was going to say. It was so damn good. Um, but then you look at just the Hanna-Barbera stuff that they've done at DC. Uh, most notably, the work of Mark Russell on Flintstones and Snagglepuss. Holy shit. It was awesome. Yeah, Looney Tunes too. Yeah, dude. Uh, anyway, Obi-Wan, uh, having escaped Vader, Obi-Wan and Tala infiltrate the Inquisitor stronghold on the ocean moon of Nur in the Mustafar system to rescue Leia. So neighbor of Vader, uh, they're now, now being inter- interrogated by Reva for details on the path. During the infiltration, Obi-Wan discovers a trophy vault filled with preserved corpses of Jedi who have been captured and killed. Uh, somebody thought they saw, uh, Mace Windu in there. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a little brief shot. I mean, it could have been any ball. I, I, you know, dude. I didn't really inspect it. I'm sure there's all kinds of Easter eggs in there. Yeah, um, and, uh, including a youngling. While they are successful in freeing Leia, Tala's cover is blown, and their presence is revealed. They eventually escape. Um, and, yeah, that's it. They have some guerrilla troopers. Not rebels yet, but I guess the precursor to the rebellion. Um, and, yeah, Vader is furious over the course of events and threatens to kill Reva, but spares her when she reveals that in anticipation of a rescue, she had attached a tracker to Leia's companion droid, Lola. <gasps> bum, bum, oh, bum. No. Fucking Lola. Betrayal. That, the betrayal of the droid. Um, I mean, this show is what it is. Okay, It is what it is. You know, this episode in particular was just kind of a, just a, your typical prison escape episode. Yeah, it was a breakout. Yeah. yeah, it was a breakout. Um, that said, it was good. You know, the quality of it was great. You know, the uh, production value of it's awesome. Yeah, Ian McGregor's great. I love uh, Reva, dude. She's a cool character. Reva's fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't know why she keeps getting all this shit online. I think she's I don't great. know either. I think it's made up. I think it's made up to. I, I don't know. I don't want to dig into conspiracy theories, but I don't hear anybody really bitching about her as a character. I hope not. All I see I, is people bitching I think about she's, people. I think she's bitching. fantastic. 
I think it's uh, cool, dude. Yeah, I mean, I think the meat of this series is, you know, just obviously the Obi-Wan and Darth Vader dynamic, which is not yeah. as prevalent in this episode as it definitely was in the last episode, which was just Oh, yes. Fantastic. Yeah, we know why. We know why. Again, I don't think anybody's bitching about her, dude. I think it's all made up bullshit. I think the the squeakiest wheels, you know, get the attention, and that's what's happening. Uh, and, I mean... <sighs> Again, I don't want to shit on Disney, but it is Pride Month, and every major corporation does it. They lean into it. Uh, and if anything, I think Disney is sort of leaning into that, saying, oh, look, they're calling our actress race, or they're saying racist things to our actress. We're going to stand behind her. Well, no shit, you're going to stand behind her. What the fuck else would you do, Disney? Of course, why are you bringing more attention to these racists who, again, in my opinion, are the vast minority of people out there talking about this about this show? Um yeah, I did see that. Uh, Eli saying it's not Mace. Dude had both hands. Uh, I didn't look that close. Uh, maybe Mace escaped from his fall and got his hand back and then later got caught. I mean, I don't know. Weirder things um, have happened in Star Wars. Yeah, no shit. Uh, but yeah, I too am enjoying this for exactly what it is. It's always fun when I get to visit this universe. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't know what people are expecting when they watch these shows that define their entertainment personalities. I guess that's a way to put it. I well, have no idea why people are expecting this to live up to like anything else that Star Wars has done. I mean, they talk about the prequels and they were shitting all over it, and now they're great. And then they were bitching about the sequels, you know, and Mando was fucking great. Of course it was. And then, oh, it wasn't good because it took over, you know, Boba Fett. I understand all of these beefs. I understand them all. But I just have a really hard time griping about something because it's amazing that we have this thing called Star Wars at all. And it's all because of how good. The reason this shit is still going on in every form that it's going on, books, animation, comics, TV, movies, is because the original trilogy was so fucking cool and ahead of its time. And it has this special place in pop culture. It basically helped invent pop culture as we know it with, you know, everything being part of pop culture. And I don't know, man. It just... Well, it also know. invented all the negative parts of pop culture. It uh, maybe like it did. You know, maybe it did. Uh, <laughs> Especially with online fan discourse, because Jesus, you can't talk about this show <laughs> or, or this series at all. Yeah, people just get mad, and I, I have a really hard nothing, time man. understanding. Just sit back and enjoy it, and if you don't enjoy it as much as the other ones, as the originals, that's exactly why. Nothing is ever going to be better than your little self, your younger self, watching Star Wars for the first fucking time. It's just never going to be that way again, guys. Just get over it. Yeah, dude, Rabbit Ears and Three Channels. And I get that, too. You know, everybody is – it's like, oh, why would you do a thing if it's not going to be better than the original thing? Oh, that's not impo – it's impossible. That is – you can't do that forever. It's irrational, and it's – to expect that is just weird, and – then a lot of people will go into it with the full intention of just picking it apart. You know, they don't want to watch it to enjoy it. They want to watch it to shit on it in the most creative way possible. And it's like, who has the energy for that? You know, why do you want to watch entertainment to, to just be mad at it? You know, don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Anyway, speaking of getting mad at entertainment. Speaking of getting, I I love this. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought it was cool, dude. I thought, I thought this was, was cool. fantastic. This was, yeah, exactly. I, and I'm okay. Again, Andy's saying true. If you don't enjoy it, just don't crap over people who enjoy it. That's exactly right. You right. want to crap on it? That's cool. It. 
yeah, don't hate on me just because I'm okay leaning back and not giving a fuck as much and just enjoying visiting Star Wars, you know, the universe. So, uh, but yeah, Miss Marvel, uh, go ahead, Adam. You were I mean, I just thought this was fantastic. I really enjoyed the energy, the pace of it. Uh, the editing was fantastic. The photography uh, was great, dude. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, those Spider-Man movies, they tried to ape that John Hughes feel. And I know I don't think they ever really got there. But this, I really think, got there. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I think it did everything right for a modern young audience. And the only reason I say that is that's what the young audiences are saying. You know, the the reviewers and the people online who this is like made for, they're the ones who are saying, no, this is fantastic and this is great. And I had a fantastic time watching it. I had a really fun time. It was a um, lot of fun. Yeah, slightly better Naomi with better effects. I mean, I didn't watch Naomi because I, I don't. Naomi either. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch. I don't watch CW. CW so. really. That's just a general rule. Yeah, it is kind of a general rule, and I know that sounds stupid because I did watch, you know, every single bit of Supernatural. Well, that, that was a different it. era, you know. Yeah, but now it, it, it feels like yes, Miss Marvel is like pushing for that same sort of audience—the young viewer, maybe even like a family dynamic. Because I did dynamic that Kamala's got with her parents in this is exactly what I wanted, and it's pulled right from the comics. You know, and that's really what I was hoping for mm-hmm. with this show. Yes, this girl coming of age, becoming a hero, but also I want to see her family and I want to see her friends and I want to see them living their lives and doing the, just the stuff that they do. Because honestly, a lot of people miss this, right? When Marvel Comics did all the young stuff with the champions, yeah, a lot of people they did. missed the dynamic that Miles was having with his family that pulled right back to you know Peter Parker when he was in school. And Kamala, I think, captured that energy better than any of those characters. Um, I mean, especially like what's his name's kid on there, uh, Vision's kid who came from oh, Nightmare World, Viv. you know, who came, yeah, who came from Nightmare World created by Tom King. Um, <laughs> Disney Plus just slightly better CW with better effects. Uh, I mean, I don't know about that, man. You're not wrong, dude. The problem with Disney Plus is they know when to stop chewing, right? The Flash been chewing for ten years. It's been spinning its wheels. That that five. is true, right? Right. You yeah. don't you don't see twenty episode seasons of the. They same They leave people thing. hungry. If you're hungry after a season of the Flash, you just need to stop watching the Flash because it's never going to pe- appease you. And it just kept going and kept going and kept going. Disney knows when to stop. They know how to tell a narrative starting and ending point, too. They treat their series like they're just really long movies. Uh, CW don't do that. You know, CW's back on the old formula, the old exactly broadcast formula of, all right, let's entertain them for an hour, and then we'll do it again next week. Now, nah, Disney Plus wants to keep you for the whole run of the show and then wants you to, you know, Come back, not for that show, for the next show. And that's another thing CW has problems with. All those crossovers that they did, it never really helped anybody lean into the other shows that were part of this whole Arrowverse thing, right? They really dropped the ball there. Um, It never crossed over enough. Um, We got Tom shooting in. uh, Fantastic first episode for Miss Marvel, even if she is a lantern. Yeah, uh, I can say that. You know, that is definitely not comic accurate. She is not a yeah a purple lantern or whatever. The thing uh, I have with the problem I have with calling her a lantern is 
uh, constructs. Okay, lanterns are artists, artisans. She made a hand. That's still a construct. A That's a nega band. And nega bands have been around for, I mean, nearly as long. Whatever. As it's it's one. still not really her superpower, but yeah. whatever. Like realistically, it didn't have any real effect on the show itself. Exactly. So it it, it I mean, it might moving forward though. It might power. it might going forward. Yeah. We I haven't seen it yet, but from what I've seen so far, it hasn't affected the show in any way. Yeah. That her powers about that for me. Her power. Okay, and I'm. I say this saying that uh, Kamala's power, her embiggening power, which is you know interdimensional, multidimensional. It's so fucking rad. You know, from a quantum physics sort of a level, her powers are really cool. She basically borrows atoms from other universe versions of herself. You know, throughout time and space, and it's fucking rad. So then, going moving away from that is kind of a bummer. But to me, this show doesn't feel like it's about her powers. You know, no, it's, it's about her as a person and her growing up and her relationship like, with her family, her relationship with the family and her coming up. And that's a cool show, dude. Uh, and I think it proves another point that about the MCU and how these shows can do it moving forward. And Eli, yeah, talking about the uh, the CW, the Lois and it's not Lois and Clark. It's whatever that Lois and show where it's the family, you know. Comics can be all of these things. They always have been all of these things. Slice of life, you know, interpersonal stuff, relationships. Um, all They cover everything. They just do it all. You know, comics can be all the things. And I think the TV shows especially, the movies to a lesser extent. But they're starting to learn that the shows can just be whatever the fuck we want to. Yeah, they can. Whatever be. we want them to do. Uh, Tom's chiming in on the chat. Yeah, the character development is what's going to make the show great, I feel. Yeah, I 100% agree, Tom. Uh, I think they have some very compelling characters already just between her family, um, her and her friends, uh, even like the bullies at school, not even really bullies, just kind of the mean girls, the mean, of. yeah, quote unquote, the mean girls. I, I um, love that she was in the Miss Marvel costume too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carol yeah. Danvers, Miss Marvel. Yeah. Uh, what do you feel about them bringing in damage control? Is that just too MCU right now? Maybe they should have brought in something else. Um, I don't know. Because we'll, at the end, that's what they're doing. They're bringing in damage control to to go yeah. and, and check her out. And I'm like, well, well what is we'll, we'll see how it do? plays out. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If anything, it's going to make for a really good chase scene or something like that. So um, Eli chiming again. I figured they gave Kamala some sort of magic minority trinket to show shoehorn in the Moon Knight shit. You know, <clears throat> you're saying like a really positive thing there, but also like a negative thing. Uh, it is sort of leaning into like this ancient item from our culture is what it gets you your power and that could really turn out bad that can sour really quick if they don't you know deal with it the right way uh, her, her mom seemed to know that there was something up with that little trinket which yes could definitely do some moon night bullshit uh and i'd be okay with that as long as they pull it off right but i don't think that's even gonna matter because if they don't pull it off right it's gonna seem like dumb cheap stupid oh we got this trinket from our culture that's so strange and different from other american white people culture you know what i mean that's what they're gonna do and it's it's gonna seem cheap and disingenuous but uh they got a great director you know a great head there so i mean we'll just have to wait and see what happens but again fantastic first episode i had a whole, whole lot of fun watching it yeah it is kind um, of funny though to see 
I, I don't know. The, the the reason why we are having this whole discussion is because of Marvel's kind of first big failure in the first place, the Inhumans. That kind of shot right. the bed. Because if, if that had stuck that that show's landing or, or even had made an actual movie out of it, you know, it could've we, we could so actually have different. real Kamala Khan with her real powers. But... Well, we could have done the Terrigen Mist bomb. You know, yeah. we could have done some things like like the Terrigen Mist cloud where just a lot of people around the world just got powers, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it's too much like, like mutants. It's too much like mutants. Sorry, whatever that dude, dude was. It, it's bat, just funny because – because... It's it's just hilarious because Marvel spent like a decade trying to beat the Inhumans over our heads, and now yeah. the Inhumans are completely gone. And it's just hilarious to see in the movies, the the TV shows, and in the comics them trying to like swerve around them and get back on course. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a Nega Band thing. Yeah, I think so too. I think that feeds into some good lore from the comics. I think you can do whatever you want with them. I think they also have sort of that cosmic angle that uh, Captain Marvel has taken, you know, since her origin. Well, yeah, her origin period was, you know, nothing but cosmic. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's kind of weird that they still haven't leaned into, you know, Monica as much as, as they really should be. Um, yeah, but we are going to get that Marvel show. So, yeah. Is that how a many... show or is that a movie? Oh yeah, is that a movie? Maybe it's a movie. Oh yeah, it's Captain Marvel too, but it's they're just calling it the Marvels. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see, dude. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to just wait for this to go. Yeah, I, I agreed. A a good nod to Captain Marvel, Marvel, right? The original. So, um, I don't know. We'll have to just wait and see, dude. Uh. It kind of sucks, though, that this is what we're talking about. How is this going to lean into the rest of the MCU? Like, nothing from the MCU can just be its well, that's, own that's thing and how, how awesome it is. It they kind of made be. it that way on purpose, though. <laughs> I know. Everything is a commercial for the next fucking movie or the next show. And exactly. I get it. That's it's how, worked, that's how obviously. episodic storytelling works. Yeah, I mean, it's this. It's worked. This is how it, successful the MCU's been that yeah. it's okay for everything to be a commercial for the next thing, but I just hope it doesn't isn't a detriment to the thing itself, you know. Right. All right, let's do. Mmm, yummy. Kind of a dumb one this week. Uh, Baskin Robbins has introduced peach, new grilled peaches and cream ice cream. Now that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Uh, just in time for Father's Day coming next week. It's also introducing, and this is the real story, a cake that looks like you're grilling. On a grill and another one that looks like a beer. That's well, the those, real story. Those are beautiful. Uh, yeah, uh, they've confirmed Adam Warlock. Uh, that's definitely happening. Then also the Eternals, even though everybody hated it, you know they had a lot of the whole cosmic shit going on. You know. Oh yeah. Cosmic fucking Marvel in the MCU is looking better than you know the regular shit. They got a couple of arrow throwers and that's it really. <laughs> And Moon Knight and fucking crazy ass Moon Knight. That's what they got now. Crazy ass Moon Knight. Crazy yep. ass Moon Knight. You know, Thor's off doing co- everybody off doing fucking cosmic shit, except who? Folks who ain't got no powers. <laughs> Two archers and a dude with a flying suit. That's it. Everybody else is dead. Yeah, everybody else is dead. <laughs> but they old. got the dude with the arm. They got that dude with the arm. Uh, Eli Chime, and that's the point of the MCU setting up more shit. I mean, true, but what we don't want to happen is have them set up the new shit. In spite of the shit that's currently going on, you know, and that's a big 
big problem. So, uh, Grill Master Cake, gooey fudge base adorned with briquettes made of chopped Oreo cookie pieces, tricolor frosting flames, buttercream, and you can customize it. I don't know what you can put. Hot dogs, but, but hamburgers. Different. Oh, okay. Maybe put some chicken legs. On I don't, I don't want thighs. cheese on my hamburgers. Yeah, right? I just want a hamburger. No cheeseburger. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, the cold one cake is made with chocolate roll cake and ice cream. So you can get cake that looks like stereotypical dad stuff. I'm offended. This is probably the worst food news we've ever had. I'm okay with grilled well, peaches. You I, it. I know. I know. All right, moving on. I'm so happy that we get to, to do one. Let's do it. We got some toys and comics news coming up. Uh, chocolate marble, huh? White cake, yeah nasty uh okay toys first uh they had another has lab hasbro whatever uh it was great a lot of gi joe classified stuff oh, that's a lot cool. of repaints there was a repaint on barbecue repaint on uh the bat you know stupid repaints suck so our first one that we're actually going to show off is yes a repaint uh, new Snake Eyes and Timber. I've already bought two Snake Eyes. I, there's at least two more that, is that a I cool want. Snake Eyes left. And this is a third one. Yeah, he is a fantastic looking Ranger style uh, Snake Eyes. Uh, I love the Commando era. I don't like the sword. You know, I don't like my Snake Eyes having a sword. I like him straight up Commando style. None of that appropriation, you know, <laughs> Japanese appropriation. Spirit. And Storm Shadow are the two who should be fighting. Snake Eyes should not be fighting the ninja. Okay, period. Um, but that timber, dude, looks That timber awesome. looks fantastic. The regular timber is gray, like an actual, you know, gray wolf would be. It this looks like, like it has a, some great articulation on its legs. Oh, yeah, he does. I mean, and again, these figures are already out. They're just repaints. Repaints. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't even come with any new weapons or anything, dude. Just the same as the other one. Uh, I also want the movie snake eyes because he comes with a really cool weapon and there is a Fortnite snake eyes who also comes with some really cool shit um yeah i know a Fortnite snake eyes uh but yeah very good sculpt on this uh as usual with the classified figures but it's really the accessories he comes with like this ranger sort of uh wrap i don't even know what the hell you call that a scarf scarf sounds like he's going to the the ballet and not going to kill terrorists um it does come with a couple of new weapons. It's hard to see this one with the arrow here, or this looks like a bow and arrow at the top. At the oh, front, yeah. You know? yeah. That actually is a gun that looks like it comes with the alley vipers, and it's meant to be like a, a, rap, a rappel gun. Like you can rappel off of cliffs oh, okay. and shit like yeah. that. Go up walls and um, stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be like 42 bucks. Uh, this is the SDCC exclusive as far oh, as I know. Oh, man. That is Sergeant a fantastic Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, it's a perfect Sergeant Slaughter. The only other one I've seen is like a 3-0. It costs 250 bucks. Uh, no word on what this is going to actually cost yet. Probably about 40 bucks. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive as far as I know. Glasses come off. Hat most likely comes off. Probably Damn, comes that's with his... That's a great face sculpt. Yeah, it's a great face sculpt. Most likely he's going to come with his big-ass six-shooters, like a Dirty Harry-looking fucking gun. Um, but he also comes with his own little action figure of himself. That's great. Which is worth every damn penny. Uh, yeah, a shemag, shemag, a shemag. I don't know. I knew it had. I knew it was some word. Uh, anyway, uh, and lastly, on the uh, toy side, 
We're getting another G.I. Joe X Transformers. We did get Megatron, mm-hmm. who turned into a Hiss tank and came with the Baroness. This is a Bumblebee, Bumblebee. striker with, uh, yes, the three and a quarter inch O-ring stalker. Man, there is there is a Transformer that turns into a dune buggy. They could have just gotten Beachcomber. Yeah, do, 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 do. pew, pew, pew. Uh, now, they could have done that, but they needed to make it look exactly like the Striker in the alt mode. You know? And it does. It does. It looks perfect. I don't collect the three and a quarter inch. I only collect the six inch. So, even though I do have, you know. I don't know. Bumblebee just seems like a weird... A weird pick a for that. Well, he's the top guy, though. I mean, he's their one of their best characters, most well-known characters. He is. Know? He is. He is. So, yeah, I don't collect those, but I do have a few of them. I don't seek them out. They just find me a lot of times. Uh, but, yeah, those are the toys. And now a review. Last Bot Standing, number two. Uh, not a bad series. It's sort it's of turned, not bad. It's just sort of turned into uh, – this weird sort of post-apocalyptic cannibal story. Well, yeah, it has sort of turned into that. So this is definitely in in your old man vein of books. This is old man Rodimus, basically. Yes, um, it is. You know, uh, I I don't really like all of the alien old western stuff that's going on in this. Book. I don't mind that. I get it. I don't. I mind mean, it. I I get it, but at the same time, I don't know. It's it seems pointless. It does seem pointless. It seems like the same old Transformers tropey shit where, oh, there's humans here who we have to protect now from them stealing exactly. their energy. It's shit that I've read before. Yeah. Um, but now the humans themselves are the are the whatever. Yeah, uh, dude, there is a lot of Beast Wars uh, critters in here that moon. weren't even really Beast Wars. It was like the Japanese version of Beast Wars. Right. Um, uh, this, this this specific character is Moon. Um, I really hate yeah. how they introduce this character. I yeah. really hate it when a character just does a, a soliloquy out into nothingness about exactly. their entire life's existence and the existence of their race. Yeah, it's like, who are you talking to, bro? <laughs> who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> um, uh, they did introduce a bunch of cool bots here with some fantastic art. Like a, There is some fantastic is art. Page. And, you know, once it gets past all of that really clunky exposition dump shit. Yeah. It, it does some interesting things. Like I, I'm really interested in uh, the transformers now being like cannibals. Yeah, uh, basically well, not what really they're cannibals, doing... but they, they can yeah. transfer or they can turn biomatter into fuel. So they're basically going around eating people is what yeah, it sounds they're like. throwing people into this machine. Like it's soylent fucking green and, and creating energy out of, out of yeah. Biomatter out of people. And, it's like, whoa. And Rodimus ain't having none of that. He's not very excited about that. Uh, I did like this callback here. Uh, the stars are disappearing because it's like the end of the universe. And on this planet, they call them lost lights. Yeah. Lost lights? And it's, oh, I was like, all right, okay. You have yeah. me now, Nick Roche. You I, I do kind of like how old man Rodimus is characterized in this. Yeah. Um, how he's he is sort of wise, but he is also still sort of a, a brash. He's hot rod douchebag yeah. you know he's still just a total douchebag but yeah he's he's wi- a wiser douchebag yeah <laughs> yeah it's stupid but uh, uh they do a, a weird gull- or uh what is a gulliver's travel thing yeah where they, they tie him down he's like okay down. y'all got me <laughs> and he could just get up anytime really uh but yeah a, a solid book i mean way better than anything that transformers has been for yeah. 
three I've or been four behind. years. I know, I know that uh, it's done. It? War's End. It's War's done. End. Yeah, I know that War's End book is There's over one with, more one I, shot. I haven't read it yet. I need to catch up on everything before it's that one not shot. Great. It's just, it's not good. It's supposed to be like this, this big, you know, climactic thing happening, but I just don't care enough for it to matter at all. At all. Uh, all right. So, yeah, there you go. So, not a lot of Transformers, but Transformers is bound to get better uh, moving into the summer. So, very yeah, once exciting it gets stuff. New, once it gets a new publisher. That's right. Once it gets a new publisher. All right, let's do it. Reviews. Pretty solid week. Marvel has basically nothing waiting for uh, Axe uh, Judgment Day, whatever the hell you want to call it, to come. Uh, I mean, they just off the heels of their last event. Yeah. You know, the dude Daredevil book isn't out. I mean, they've got some great books going on, but they feel really disjointed. It was a very uh, DC-heavy book, but even with yes. DC, they were still leading really heavy with their event books, uh, their limited series books. Yeah, I mean, yeah Batman, felt... Batman came out, but that's Batman. I, yeah, it's Batman. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, a couple honorable mentions where Starships Go to Die was solid, and so was a book called Astronaut Down, both from Aftershock. Uh, both just really good, solid, you know, science fiction. You know exactly what you'd expect. Aftershock's um, always cool to check out. If yeah, Aftershock's always. If you're, always if you're looking for an out. indie book to check out, uh, they don't. Yeah. they don't um, outlast their welcome. You know. Yeah, uh, my top three could have been Dark Knights of Steel, but it was Poison Ivy number one. This is my number three. G Willow Wilson, Marcio Takara, uh, solid debut issue for this character who has had a whole lot of changes recently. Oh, yeah, uh, she's been all over the place. All over the place, man, with her relationships, with her personality even, especially with her power set. She's been two different characters at one point. Yeah, two different characters at one point. G. Willow Wilson feels like she is on this book to put Poison Ivy back to where she belongs. And if the first issue is any indication, this is going to be a really fun series to set back the status quo. Poison Ivy is one of the coolest Batman villains because... She's truly altruistic. You know what I mean? She really feels like she is the hero of her own story. That she's doing these things to, for the benefit of the world. You know? And yeah, she's twisted. You know, she's demented. She's got problems. But it's impossible not to understand where she's coming from. And this book really pushes that um, in a great way. Because yeah, you can tell she's psychotic. But still, it's hard to disagree with her. You know? Uh, Eli, I read, uh, Starships and Aquaman Andromeda back-to-back, probably a mistake. Yeah, probably a mistake. Uh, they both talked about the same location on Earth, Point Nemo, which is an actual location. Point Nemo is a spot in the ocean that is the furthest spot from any land. Uh, and that's where they were dropping Starships in that book because of some weird, um, conspiracy theory. That book is really complicated to explain unless you read it. Um, where starships go to die. Uh, but yeah, Aquaman Andromeda, it was okay. It was well-written. But the art, I love the art. But I had a, a problem with that book. Uh, it, it didn't feel like it really went anywhere by the end of the end of the issue. But uh, yeah, Poison Ivy was definitely dope. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the rest of this series. It was a good book. That was my number three, Adam. All right, honorable mentions. Uh, 
Uh, let's see. Batman 124. Like I said, it's Batman. It's the end yeah. of the Williamson run. Yeah. Um, wrapped up the Abyss shit. It, it didn't, didn't okay. really need to. It didn't need to wrap that up. No one yeah, it shit. didn't. It didn't really need to wrap it up. But I guess they needed to kill an issue before one twenty five for Chip Zdarsky, so they did. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, next, whatever. Next run, um, next run begins very shortly on this, and I am very, very excited for the Zdarsky era to start. I, I am very excited for the Zdarsky era. Um, yeah, the Williamson run. Williamson's been writing like half of the DC universe. Yeah, and like half of the half that he's writing is really good, and the other half is just okay. It's just, yeah, it's, I wouldn't even say it's okay. A lot of it is fucking bad. It's some of it not, is. Some of it is. Not good comic booking at all. Um, Another half good book was Amazing Spider-Man number three. Um, yeah, I didn't even pull a, a picture for this. I'm not reading that anymore. Man, I, 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 do, I do like the stuff that Zeb Wells is doing with Tombstone. Tombstone had a real great just beat down and just fun. Just fun. Shit, you know, the stuff you hate just shitting on Peter. But, but nice. Justifiably so because – Peter fucked up pretty much all this shit. Um, but man, it's just that art that's yeah. just dragging it down. Because yeah. the parts the parts of the book that, that aren't as exciting as that, where it's just people talking. I hate JR's art. I just he can't, I, he can't I hate hold griping up that on end it. of it. I hate griping on it. Uh, Tom saying Chip is going to kill it on Batman. Agreed. He's also saying that the Tombstone's origin was awesome in this it issue. Was. It was. It was fantastic. Nice. It was pretty good. Um, and then one last honorable mention is uh, Dark Crisis number one. Um, uh, we'll talk about that in depth. Okay, we'll talk about it. I loved it. I have I have some weird things that I don't like about okay, it. Okay, cool, cool. M- mainly that it's not written by Tom Taylor. Um, <laughs> uh, but my number three is Savage Avengers number two. Because, man, nice. this is just a dumb, fun book. Yeah. Uh, I didn't grab an image on this one either. Basically, the plot of it is uh, that Conan is in the Marvel Universe. He got transported to the Marvel Universe back at the beginning of the first run of Savage Avengers. Now they're getting Um, him home. But a Deathlock shows up and is basically just a Terminator here to kill Conan. And they transport to the Hyborian Age, or however you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, And yeah, this is just a bunch of B-C-list characters just having a lot of fun in a fantasy world and, and that's cool all i want and it's, it's actually pretty well written you know david oh Pico's, i love pet Bose's work dude uh his narration's can... pretty great yeah um, it's, it's I, a, I a like bit over the top it it's is a, a little bit over, over the, the top, top but this is one of those books that yes. demands it he's leaning into the whole fantasy you know conan thing uh tom in the chat love seeing devil dinosaur yeah that was a really fun moment in that book it was a whole lot of fun uh, I like the fact that Pepos just took so much, like you said, B and C list characters and could do just whatever the fuck he wants with him. Like uh, the Hulk, Weapon, Weapon H, H in this. He just goes Red Hulk with wings and shit out of nowhere. <laughs> from like, Al guess, Ewing, basically from Al Ewing's now. run. <laughs> yeah, basically from Al Ewing's run, just out of nowhere. And it's like, okay, no, that's fun as hell. Um, but, I mean, we know where this is going. We know why Deathlock is here chasing down Conan. He's not supposed to be in the Marvel Universe. They're getting rid of him. Basically, that's what Deathlocks do. They are Terminators who yes. aren't trying to change the future. They're trying to fix the future every fucking time. Deathlocks are not bad guys. They are always good guys, but they always do this. They always say, oh, the Deathlock here is to do bad stuff. No, he's here to save the universe and, and all time in history. He's like a robot Kang with cooler hair, you know. <laughs> 
No, this uh, book's just awesome, though. I it like is. The art. It is. It's just fantastic. It, this yeah. is this is why I originally got into reading comics is because they're just fun, dumb, big, dumb, stupid, stuff. fun. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, I'll go number two for me is a book from Dark Horse called The Ward. The Ward number one. Uh, basically, it's ER or Grey's Anatomy meets Dungeons and Dragons. Saint okay. Lilith. Saint Lilith is a hospital for fantasy creatures. I mean, that's it. That's the book. I mean, look, there's all kinds of like fairies and there's a dragon and. I mean, it's fucking exactly as I explained it. It's ER with fantasy creatures. It's awesome, dude. It's written by Kevin Scott, uh, who does the uh, High Republic stuff over at yep. Marvel and IDW. Yeah, it does have. It did have a lot of bright feel to it. Uh, bright is a show on Netflix where it was a fantasy world, but it was following cops, like a fantasy world sort of met our world in their in like living together like they yeah, all know that was that was very lazy in how they did yeah, it's very lazy uh but in this in the ward the fantasy shit is hidden they the regular humans still don't it's like a harry potter wizard you know sort of angle um so yeah like somebody who isn't supposed to know about this finds this pixie or whatever who got hurt and gets drawn into the lilith hospital and by the end they wipe wipe dude's brain but i don't think it took so uh, yeah, very cool book, very fun. Remind me of Fables. Yeah, it did remind me of Fables a little bit. It's almost impossible in comics if there's any sort of mythology or fantasy creatures to not have this sort of Fables, you know, like, oh, that reminds me of Fables. But you're right, it really, really did. And I think the reason it did was because it leaned into the characters. You know, Fables is cool and all, Fables is great, but the reason it's amazing is because of all of the char good character work that's being done. And in this, you get to know the lead character. You get to know why she was, you know, left her job. And you really get to know her really early on in this first issue, uh, along with everybody else. The interns, the nurses, the chief of staff. It was just really, really well done. And again, it felt like like ER or Grey's Anatomy just in comics with this cool twist. So uh, that is the ward number one. It's only a four-issue miniseries. They need to do more than that. This has so many legs. This could go in a lot of different directions. So I really hope a lot of people um, pick this up, you know, whether it's in single issues or in trade, so that we get at least a second volume. Uh, and Kevin Scott, again, he wrote this. He's been writing all the High Republic stuff over at Marvel. He's awesome. So, yep, number two, The War. Number two. Number two. Uh, my number two was flashpoint beyond number two. Oh yeah i didn't grab that either i don't blame you um i am just as excited as you are uh as you sound about reading this book <laughs> you know i i really don't like yeah. i am probably the biggest detractor of flashpoint of all time anytime yeah. anybody says anything good about flashpoint i pop out and i'm like no it's not there are some good parts there are good parts but it's not good overall. But it's the the, the event itself was dog shit. Yeah. Um, that said, though, you know this is this has been this is a pretty solid issue. You know, I, Thomas Wayne was the part that worked with Flashpoint. Sure. Um, sure. And you know, I I am like liking some of the dynamics here. I like uh, Penguin being like the new Alfred, basically. Oh wow! And they That's adopted cool. they adopted uh, Harvey Dent's son, which was the one that didn't get murdered by uh the joker 
in yeah. that flashback. Yeah, oh, 100%, but, Tom. Thomas Wayne uh, is the best thing to come out definitely, of Definitely, definitely. Maybe the gonna, only good thing. They're going to make, like, a new Robin out of out of this Dent kid, which is oh, going to wow. be interesting. Oh, wow, okay. Um, but most of this, yeah. though, um, deals with this conversation that Thomas Wayne has with uh, Gilda Dent, who is in Arkham Asylum. Okay. Um, and she is basically talking shit to Thomas Wayne because he basically doesn't give a fuck about anything or anyone other than whatever his objective is. And he right. doesn't care about the destruction that he leaves in his wake. Um, okay. and there's just this really cool scene where he like punches her through the glass because he just couldn't take the shit that she was talking to him. Oh, and she was wow. like, oh, oh, is that all you can do? And then she like bashes her head against the glass and so oh, ruins, cool, ruins cool. half of her face. So I guess she's going to be the, the two face heart, of the this. Two face, of course. Of this of course world or whatever. It seems I don't like know. such like, low hanging fruit. It seems it, so that, obvious. That that's the that's my big complaint about this book is a lot of it is just really low hanging fruit. It that said so though, it's well written. Well, Johns knows how to put shit together. Just a well, I don't even know. Course. I don't even know how much of this he's writing it because because he has like three or four different writers on it. Oh wow, really? Yeah, like Jeff Johns, Tim Sheridan, and Jeremy Adams. Huh. So uh, Johns might just be doing like the outlines for this. For all I know. Yeah. I don't know. He used to have a lot bigger ideas, man. You remember the whole Lantern Corps, the Rainbow Corps? That's a huge idea. Big huge ideas. You don't have those no more. I mean, this doesn't feel like a huge idea. I, I'm you wanting know, this... to see where this goes. Um, yeah. I, I liked Doomsday Clock. and this. Oh, I didn't mind Doomsday Clock at and, all. And this does oh, have sorry. a lot of Doomsday Clock stuff tied into it. Yeah, maybe I need to go back and read this then. Because <sighs> I did like Doomsday Clock because it had the Watchmen angle and stuff like that. But, man. I don't I know, know, man. It, it, all, it all just seems like it's... Uh, it has a lot of psycho pirate in this, and I'm so tired of psycho yeah, pirate. Yeah, I'm tired of psycho pirate too. He's lame. He's just lame. He's been in like he's, every Batman run for. He's lame like Molecule Man. It's like, oh, Molecule Man showed up. Like, I don't fucking care. I don't care. I'm over it. I don't know. I'm over it. It was still a well written issue, and it, yeah. and it does have some stuff that I like. I I do like what they're doing with Thomas of uh, Thomas Wayne, even though I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I might not be a fan of the whole idea overall. I'm not a fan of the Flashpoint, which is why this book really just turns me off. I'm not even that attracted to it, but I might want to get it. Yeah, it was cool to the end. I mean, I'm not going to blame it for having a bad end. They rarely stick the landing. Uh, and the reason I don't blame it even a little bit is because of all of the editorial changes that appear to have come down when Doomsday Clock was going to be 5g and all this other shit and then they changed video out and all this stuff i don't want to get into that drama but i'm willing to give doomsday clock a pass there because of that drama you know what i mean i don't want to get into the drama but it feels like doomsday clock really suffered because of that drama uh it leads to me number one dark crisis joshua williamson daniel sampier the next big thing at dc comics and i thought this was just a terrific start to what feels like a breath of fresh air in the the DC universe. Okay, let's look wrong. at the time. Let's look at the timeline. You know, yeah, we had rebirth. What was that? Five seven years ago. Just ticked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, five seven years yeah. ago, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But then again, I said Doomsday Clock was going to lead into five G. That was supposed to be a thing, and then 
we did have future state and then it seems like all these characters sort of went their different ways they threw together this dog shit version of a justice league team that for some reason bendis just had to fucking have uh and it wasn't good but then they took like all the best parts of that and kept them as part of the dc universe but it still felt disjointed it didn't feel like it was a cohesive shared universe and i've been saying this for several years at dc perhaps even longer at marvel the avengers books don't feel like they do anything well do we and i get it we have to have a big event to get these you know actors to cross over um i think that's bullshit i think that's stupid but with all that said I still like it when it happens because I like my shared universe to be a shared universe. Well, one uh, of the things that great. I will say is the strength of Joshua Williamson writing half of the DC universe is that he has done a really good job of connecting all of the stuff that he's been writing. Exactly. Yeah. He's done that perfectly. Whether or not it's worth reading all that stuff he wrote is. No, it is not worth reading all that stuff he wrote. But Not he does a really good I don't job think of you connecting need it. it all. But I don't think you need it for this. I think you know. Williamson does a great job of letting you know exactly what's going on. He does it with this big, sprawling funeral scene, you know, about the Justice League being dead. He gets into the story that Black Adam told in the Free Comic Book Day and the death of Justice League uh, that happened in Justice League number 75. Um, and then he introduces new shit. He has John going around the planet, interviewing basically yep. all these potential all heroes, these new heroes that have popped up over the year. <clears throat> yeah, all these heroes, and they have all been recently introduced or made to be more popular. Basically, since Williamson has been in the position he's in at DC Comics. All right, Killer Frost. Why does everybody give a fuck about Killer Frost? Because she's on the fucking Flash show. That's why. Why we give a shit about Shazam in this? Because Shazam just had a big-ass movie. Why do we care about uh, Jackson, the Aquaman in here? Why do we care about Booster Gold and uh, Blue Beetle? Because they just had a killer miniseries that everybody should go and read because it was awesome. Why do we care about Damien? Same reason. Dr. Light, the other Blue Beetle, all getting these things that are happening either in comics or on the screen. And I really think Williamson leaning into that popularity of all of these characters, even the ones who said no, just makes this the beginning of what appears to be the, one of the biggest summer blockbusters that DC has ever done. I mean, that's the way it's leaning up. Uh, yeah, look, uh, Tom chimes in. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Blue Beater and Booster Gold in this book. Yeah, me too. They had a great run. Uh, wasn't that Orlando writing that book, I think? Uh, but yeah, it was very well done. Uh, here is your new Justice League. I love the team. Uh, it's weird having two Kryptonians on this team. Well, that was supposed to be Miss Marvel. Which it was supposed to be I Mary wish it Marvel. was Miss Mar Mary Marvel. I, I, yeah, I wish it was Mary as well. I think that would be a lot cooler. I'm not sure why the Mary Marvel character kind of got pushed God. to the side because there was a miniseries that she was going to be in as well. But she's gone. Uh, and I love Frank on this team. Oh, uh, yeah. I always really love cool. Frank. Anytime Frank's around, uh, I, I'm always willing to read that. Yeah, uh, so it makes for a really good dynamic, I think, here uh, with this team. Another thing, I was totally surprised by this team. I was expecting Yara Floor to be on here. Mm -hmm. Jackson, sure. Uh, but I was expecting uh, Jace Fox to be on this team, the I Am Batman Batman. I was expecting Joe, the Green Lantern. Yeah, that Green Lantern. Team. And there's no Green Lanterns on this team. No. Um, but that was another great aspect of the book, talking to... Bear, not Barry, uh, Wally, talking to um, – How? 
how Uncle talking Al. to these characters who have been around for a while but have not been around in the context of them actually working with the justice league you know they've been out of pocket for a long time when it comes to being on the justice league team oh yeah and how it, has it been on earth for like a decade yeah <laughs> and it feels really cool it really feels like they're bringing these guys together into a story with all of these other characters in the mix and it's just been so long since DC has felt that cohesive. Uh, Tom, Black Adam's hating on there being too beautiful. Yeah. Oh, Black, uh, uh, Black Adam's great in this. Yeah, Black Adam is really great in this because he's, like, really scared, really worried, but knows that he's got to do this other thing, you know, to protect Kondok. But he's also, like, you know, he reminds me of Namor a lot in this, you know. Uh, but there were some other problems, uh, Titans tower, uh, getting raided because now there's no justice league. So we can just do what we want. Uh, another missing character here is definitely, uh, Nightwing. No Nightwing on the team. Why not? John well, and Nightwing. He'll show up. Uh, he, he was actually a big major focus of this on why he's not. Exactly. He wants to train up the new team, uh, of the new generation, but he's doing a terrible job of it. You know, and and that just blows my mind that, you know, Deathstroke basically got a whole bunch of bad guys together to go attack the Teen Titans because they're really the only game in town now. Yeah. And he's like, no, we can take them. Um, Now, if we could get a little serious for a second, um, this happened on panel. Uh, This did happen on panel. This is literally a minor being shot at a school. Uh, I don't know. Un- I can't understand how this has escaped so many, um, you know, of the is, comic. Is rags. Garth still a minor? I believe he is. He's he's in the. I don't team think Titans. he is any. I don't, I think he's. Is he a teacher? I think he's a. teacher. That might even be point. worse. You know, that's happening too. In, that is in happening real life. too. But so, but yes, yes, there are people getting killed in schools in our comic books too. Yeah, it's just wild to me that that this happened and. There hasn't been a statement from DC or Williamson or, you know, I don't know. There just hasn't been a lot of ruckus about this. And it just it doesn't rub me the wrong way. I just figured, wow, this was a huge moment in this book. No matter how you paint it or, you know, compare it to actual things going on in the real world. This is a huge deal that Beast Boy is apparently dead. And no one's even talking about that. But. He's also like either a student or a teacher at a school who was murdered at the school with a gun. I don't know. It's just really weird. Uh, Tom, again, I'm really hoping for Justice League International. I'd be okay with a a JLI book. Let's get through this first and then see how many Justice League books DC can actually carry. Okay? Because they were having a hard time carrying one Justice League book. They really were. You know, Justice League should be a top 10 book every fucking month. It just should. It's it's got it's the book the team book. It's got all the characters in it. Avengers and X Men are both top ten books at Marvel. How in the world can DC be putting out a Justice League book well, that it's because, isn't that popular? It's because I don't you get know, it. The only good Justice League run that I can think of, like genuinely great Justice League run, was that Scott Snyder run. It was and, fun. You know, other than that, like the Jeff Johns run was just okay. Yeah. Uh, geez, I mean, I'm blanking on the other runs. What was that? That first uh, Rebirth run was terrible. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, just Brian Hitch run. That's it. what it was. It was. Yeah, awful. the Hitch run was awful. Johns did a good run, like you said, but Bendis just dropped the ball on it. And um, 
again, a, a shoehorning, not shoehorning, but bookending the end here. They did shoehorn in the, uh, the, uh, the justice league. The fact that they are not dead, that, you know, what's his name is pariah. I guess his name is, is yes, using pariah. them to power his multiversal destruction machine. Yeah. Uh, that that's my big negative on this is that yep, it's just another fucking crisis. It is a it, crisis. I love a good crisis. I good. am so fucking tired of a crisis. That's yeah. all they fucking do. You know, they it's reboot. just another goddamn crisis. Every after, decade or so, man. It's not even every decade. It's not, it used to be every five years, yeah. and now it's like every two and a half years, and it's yeah. like, just slow down. That's it, though. That's it, though. I do on. love that they're focusing on all of these new heroes. It's yeah. just... It's just when I'm reading this book, it's focusing on John the whole time. And then when it's it not is. focusing on John, uh, it's kind of focusing on Nightwing or throwing the focus towards Nightwing as in, well, why is he not here? And it's it, like, both of those guys are Tom Taylor dudes. Why is Tom Taylor not writing this book? I mean, you're not wrong there. You're I feel not like, wrong the, I feel like there is a better book here. If another writer is writing it. I feel like Williamson had this idea and he wanted to run with it because he, he is he is the it, this guy. This is his who, this is his story yeah. and it, it and it's still good and uh, I'll, I'll probably he deserves enjoy it, it and he deserves I, it. I'm just not excited about it. His back got to be hurting from carrying this line for as long as he did. It does, you dude, because he he has been writing the half of the entire line. half of the damn line. <laughs> That's he's not been we're not exaggerating, it. like yeah. Uh, but as as far as the first issue to a major event with a heap of tie-ins, I mean, this is seven issues. You know, this is going to go till December at least. Um, I thought it hit every corner it had to. Everything is laid out for you. You don't have to have picked up anything, and I was entertained the entire time. I love panels like yeah, this. it did a good job. I love job. pages like job. this, man. Right, where he's, like, asking everybody. No. I love pages like this. Yeah, no. And he's, like, going to fight a forest fire or something. Uh-uh. Just fucking cool, dude. Um, so yeah, Dark Crisis number one was my number one pick this week, and I'll talk more about that as it comes out for the next year, next half year. Uh, so that leads us to the end, Adam. My number one uh, was Legion of X number two. Really, I like that book, man. I thought okay. it was a fun no, book. That's fair. Um, I think it does. A, I think this issue does a really good job of explaining why the Legion needs to exist. Yeah, um, it's true. True. Uh, mainly because the beast, uh, beast is just a fucking asshole and he is. won't deal with things. Uh, as long as it's not going to affect the nation as a whole, he's not going to do anything about it. So and you need kind of some people on the boot to uh, beast, boots on the floor to kind of beast interests aren't like societal interests. No, they're security all interests. Yeah, exactly. As long as it's peaceful, he don't give a fuck how anybody's feeling. You know what I mean? But on the other hand, all the Legionnaires are out there to sort of do their their best to help Krakoa grow as a society. Yes. Beast doesn't want to do that. He wants to stop people from stopping them from existing. Exactly. So it is a – I mean, but there's, the threats there's, 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 are, are equal. The threat should be, you know, dealt with equally, and I think that's what this book, at least this issue, was leaning into very hard. How important it is for them to deal with the social health of Krakoa. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like that about this issue. I also, you know, I got a kick out of Dr. Nemesis and his God Always. theory. 
I love that. I hope um, that comes back. I ho- really hope that comes back. I hope they they try that on Thor. Uh, oh, dude, <laughs> that'd be so fun. Um, I, that, no, the AXP, man, that Judgment Day could lean into that really well. Yeah. With the Eternals and shit like that. I like uh, some of these new mutants that they're showing. Weaponless Zen is pretty cool. He's cool, yeah. Uh, more she was better in the first issue. The more you she learn was much about better her, in the, the first issue. Yeah. Um, man, poor Banshee. He just keeps getting shit on. Banshee is one of those characters. Like he's like a he must suffer sort of character. You know, he's you, like well, uh, you, you thought Miles it couldn't get O'Brien. much worse. He got skinned by his ex lover and. Now yes. his body's just getting taken over by taken some over jacker. by some yeah by some weird god that's not really a god but yeah he's like Miles O'Brien or what's his name from Stranger Things just he must suffer every yeah. damn season but and then uh, it's uh it's nice to see uh uh Nightcrawler's eyes be opened up a little bit about uh what's really going on on Krakoa at the yes. beginning of the issue he's like we're not some police state and then by the end of the issue. We're a police he's, state. He's actually planning on using some of the police state. Exactly, huh? dude. Exactly. Uh, and I don't know. Is it turning him to like a darker side? I mean, he's got the mustache yeah. for it. Or the Banshee goatee. Banshee is the Spider-Man of Mutants. Yeah, for sure. Banshee is the Spider-Man of Mutants. He is. He is. Yeah. And then it's got uh, Joker not getting shit on on this too a little bit too. Yeah, I don't Some get good that. old racism going on. There is a lot Coachella. of racism going on there. And that should... I don't know. Cy Spurrier has a tendency of bringing up little things like that and then never really getting back to them. You did it in the first run of this, which was what way of X or whatever way the hell of X, it was. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of shit he touched on in that, but never really got back to it by the end of the book. So uh, Nemesis was also s- supposed to be like this big mushroom head taking psychedelics, leaning into helping Krakoa society through pharmaceuticals. They could still lean into that, but they you're right. They They're not really... though. They're leaning into this. Honestly, the concept of Legion having a pocket universe in his fucking brain where mutants can go for therapeutic vacation, which is basically what it is, is fucking stupid. It, it is kind of dumb. Stupid. It is kind of dumb, dude. It's just so silly. And I don't know who this Mother Righteous character is, but I, I don't really like her either. And then she just sort of popped up, right? Yeah, she just kind of popped up, and then she's like, what? "I'm gonna give you a deal." And then he's like, "Well, what's the deal?" And then she's Why don't like, you "Just kick her to fuck I'll out of your you head." I'll tell you later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sizebury uh, is great. Uh, most recently, he did a run on Black Knight, which was very co- fun, very cool. Uh, he had something. He's got something going on somewhere else too. That's really fun. Not at, at Marvel, but man, it's hard for me to get my head into this book. Uh, Marauders was okay this week. I hate them being in space. I fucking hate it. Yeah, I, more Shiar and Chandelar and I really blow me with I that. I don't shit. like all that space empire stuff. I wish it stays Stupid. in X Men Red. Uh, yeah, how dude. Ewing handles with that stuff much better. Um, I want them on the on the. Ocean. I, I wanted to be more. If they're gonna do space stuff, I want it to be more political than to yes. be more. Action, which all, it is and, now. And action it's adventure. action, but there's also like a Game of Thrones angle there where there's, oh, you're stabbing me in the back. You betrayer, you know? And it's like, ah, who cares if the Red is betraying? He's done that for 30 fucking years. Uh, Come on. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was a relatively light week, which is why I did have, you know, two DC yeah, books and uh, a Dark Horse book with no Marvel stuff. 
Marvel it wasn't really, really that it was a light week. It was just a weird week. This is the week Marvel that dropped all of, the ball this week, man. This, this was the week that all of like the, the weird also-ran books that I get just all decided yeah. to come out one week. Like Thor came out, and everybody's shitting on this Banner of War story. And it's not great. I mean, it's not epic. It's not groundbreaking. Yeah, it's stealing a bunch of tropes and stuff from Marvel history. It's it's summer blockbuster, big, stupid fun. It's Donny Cage shit, man. It's Donny Cage shit. It's literally set up like a video game. Thor versus Hulk. And that's exactly what you're getting, you know? And people are like, oh, it's not, it's not very good. And it's like, dude, it's not supposed to be very good. It's supposed to be big, dumb, stupid fun. I mean... Stop expecting this to be like Ewing's Hulk. It's not going to be Ewing's Hulk. This is not Jason Aaron's Thor. It's not. It's Donnie fucking Cates. He's He is who he is. He's the Michael Bay of fucking comics. Yeah. You know, he just writes big, dumb, stupid action-y shit. So, uh, all right, let's end it. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We appreciate it. Uh, come back tomorrow. We're going to be doing a show. Adam might show up. He might be busy, but... Dave and I will definitely be here talking about all the new comics coming out next week. And there are a ton of good books dropping next week. Uh, come back and listen to our buddies, the comic book bullies, Leroy and Eli dropping shit. Yeah. Eli right there. Banner was awesome. It was awesome, dude. Banner of war is awesome. It's just big, dumb, stupid, shitty fun. It's not meant to be this thought provoking, you know, big twist. It's not Alan fucking Moore. All right. This is not Grant Morrison. Okay. It's not. It's it's just big, dumb, stupid, empty fun. But hear more about that book when Eli talks about it tonight on The Bullies. Uh, Leroy and Eli talk pop culture every Sunday night, late into the Monday morning, early into Monday morning, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, check them out right here on these channels. Uh, you can also find all the links uh, to The Bullies and the shit we got going on at OutrightGeekery.com. We got social media links and merch links and affiliate links if you want to buy stuff and help us out. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Go to OutrightGeekery.com, like us, enjoy it, whatever. Uh, again, yeah, we're going to be back tomorrow night with me and Dave doing some previews. But thanks again, everybody. But most of all, thanks to this guy for hanging out with this guy. It's all oh, about, welcome, man. It's all about family. It is all about, about family. family. Unless, <laughs> you, gonna... unless you make them all close. Unless you're moving. <laughs> then, yeah, I don't even know you. I don't, I don't even know you at all. <laughs> uh, we are going to do it again. Same geek time, same geek channel. I miss that. Uh, you have to get Dave's ass up through.